Hello guys, welcome to the Hop Edition podcast. This is the debrief, the competition roundup, the tales of the unexpected for what occurred with our first homebrew competition, the Hop Edition with Unity Brewing Co. competition, which we did last weekend in Southampton. Results are available on the website, but we'll get to all that lot soon. Um, it was a great weekend. I think we'd all agree with that one. It was an eye-opening weekend. I think we could definitely all agree with that one. And I think what we need to do right now is we actually need to... We we need to talk about what beers we're drinking. So, Tricky, what are you drinking? I have got a... What is this? <laughs> it's a Pilsner uh, that I brewed. Um, and I've completely forgotten all the details about it, apart from it's supposed to be a sort of uh czech style pills no it's got some sars in it and um bit of aurora hops as well so it's a it's the kind of czech pills the recipe that i've kind of been fiddling around with for a few iterations so far i think the only difference with this one was i used a different yeast on it so it was the you used quike right no no I used the uh, diamond lager yeast, Laumon, so yeah, put, Munich. put dry yeast into it. Well, some some say it's a Munich uh, yeast that they've dried, yeah, so I don't know. Um, it certainly tastes a bit, well, I think it tastes a bit different to um, 3470, which is what some people say it is. I think, I think it's got a bit more, yeah, character than that, but I may be wrong. It might be that. Who knows? Anyway, um, yeah, it's... It's nice. It's been in the keg for ages, so it's cleared down nicely. Um, needs a little bit more carbonation, though. I think it's gone a little bit flat while I was away because I turned it down for serving pressure. Otherwise, very drinkable. Who's next? There you go. No, I'm drinking a commercial beer, um, partly because I just forgot to pour a homebrew. Sorry about that, everyone. I apologise. It's all right. We, 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 before Eddie tried to hold them, Drew. All the home. Yeah, all shit. Um, so I'm drinking a Polly's, kind of Polly's, which I think Brett the Hitman Hart brought along the weekend. Thanks, Brett. This is called Floret. Uh, it's pale ale, 4.5%, and it is Azaka, Citra, and Simcoe. Really, really pungent. I'm just getting a lot of, like, really fleshy mango and melon on the on the nose and it's quite bitter um, do, you get, do you get any decent, pain any pine yeah from semco maybe just sitting behind there just structurally kind of a little bit of pine there doesn't doesn't jump out to be honest yeah. it's just a, it's just a proper proper fruit bowl tiny bit of dank um and it's got good body in it for a four and a half percent beer obviously because of a lot of the adjuncts but um um, and it's quite bitter, which is quite nice. Sounds like a decent beer. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's really nice. Where does that rank on your no. holy shitter meter? No, it's re- really good flavour as well. Almost like a sherbetty, slightly melony. No, I'm giving that... I'm giving that a 9 out of 10. Right, if I had that on tap, I'd be like, oh, that'd be the only beer I'd probably ever drink again. So raise about a nine on your holy shit meter. Yeah, it's a holy shit. Damn, that sounds good. 
That sounds good. Hmm. Andy, come on, what you got? I've got Seaview Sunset V2, which is a pale that I've done. Actually, let's, let's get the let's get focused. There we go. Whoa, oh, a bit of clarity. Nice. Radio gold, that. Sex. Uh, it's really good, actually. It's uh, Amarillo, Mosaic, and Sabro, because everybody's brewing with Sabro right now. Um, yep, it's, yeah, banging. It's got a race. Uh, it originally had way too much pine from the Amarillo, and it wasn't something, Amarillo wasn't something I always associated with pine. I thought it would be more Simcoe. Because I did do a Simcoe Amarillo beer prior, and it was like prime. But actually, I think it's all coming from the Amarillo because it's it was in this. It's actually now the pine's subdued a bit, and it's now more tangerine. And then the the the, the Sabro's bringing this super creamy sort of you know that kind of it's got that kind of woody coconut thing going on on the back. It's very very good. So yeah, and Andy, I just thought you'd probably had enough of that after the weekend. Sabro, yeah, <laughs> that's I think that's why I was uh, <laughs> making hints. But it's not, you know, how we were getting that real kind of—is it Mexicana sort of? What's the way to describe? You know how like you get the lime from New Zealand hops, so it's like a Sabro woody minty thing that. in the background, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, that yeah like woody herbaceous. I'm not kind getting that from I think the the Amarillo is definitely bringing more tangerine notes to it, so it seems to be playing well together. Uh, it's not that Sabro isn't doing that weird stuff, so it's good. Sounds like a decent beer, mate. Yeah, maybe you, Chris. Uh, well, I've only just got a little bit left because you guys took so long. Uh, I have the only keg of beer that I currently have any beer in. Hibiscus? It's the raspberry and hibiscus saison, of which I weighed the keg. Based on the fact that I actually log all of the weights of all of my kegs, I weighed this one, and there is, excuse me, based on the final gravity reading of the beer, three pints and about 140 mil left. Oh, that's, dear. You, that's the beer my old sorted, then. <laughs> no, that's me done. <laughs> that's I'm out of beer. It seems Mate, to be that's, a chronic, chronic lack of planning and forethought happening here. No, no, there was loads of forethought, mate. What the problem is, is I've got two fucking kids that won't leave me alone. Yeah. That's the yeah, issue I have, because I, I can't, I don't get time to brew. Right now, to be fair. Well, you, you brew outside as well, so there's yeah. a kind of health and safety reason uh, with the boiling water and all that sort exactly. of thing. Exactly, yeah. so it's, it's an issue for me. But I do have a beer in the uh, freezer, which is cold crashed. Okay. And, What's that? Um, oh, God, the wife's complaining she can hear me in the house. I don't care. Um, so the... Um, <laughs> close the windows. Yeah, just, just close your ears. Um, so it's kind of, I've got to be careful when I can brew. I've got to be careful, yeah. you know, how I brew. Um, other than that, it's just, you know, I've got to be, I've got to plan literally weeks in advance in order to be able to have a brew day. So there will be a couple of brew days happening next week. Uh, hopefully there'll be one happening on Sunday, uh, and then I'll be I'll be I'll have some beer, um, and hopefully I'll be able to catch up and have a full set of kegs by the end of the summer. Um, who knows? You never know. You're looking a raffle deer. Um, it's decent. It's clearing down a little bit. It's still got a really nice chunk of raspberry, uh, and the hibiscus is adding this this really nice kind of hedgerow thing on top of the raspberry, which is 
Honestly, it's very, very pleasant. It's a really good beer, that one. I like it. Chris, I'm just I'm just remembering, if you've not got a few tins of malt extract that you could just bang in a, a fermenter? Well, no, I don't, Andy, because they've all gone into boxes today. Ah, they um, went out in the goodies. Well, they <laughs> haven't gone out yet because, for some reason, our local post office is closed on a Wednesday. Okay. Um, and, to be fair, the wife fell asleep for two hours this afternoon, so I was daddy again. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't, well, I didn't get a chance to go down to the, uh, to the post office. So it is what it is. She yep. was, she was tired, poor lass. Let her sleep. So yeah, other See, than that. such a good husband. No, just let her get on with it. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. True. Mm, sure. There we go. So yeah, it's a good beer. Uh, there's not a lot of it left. So, you know. <clears throat> so you never <sighs> did get that sent out to us, did you, Chris? You promised we were going to get a, a bottle wait. of that. I didn't. I'm gutted. I will will be perfectly honest with you, right? Straight up, this is getting rebrewed again, and it's (laughs) it's, it's within my next two beers. Okay. good. It's that good. I'll I'll look forward to that beer mail at some point in 2023 then, yeah? It'd be around about Christmas, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, rather than just shitting all over uh, Chris's beer mail or lack of it, um, I guess we'll just start talking about the competition. Uh, firstly, I, I think we should probably just um, do one last shout out to all of the, the sponsors who yeah, help, helped us out. So obviously Unity themselves for hosting. And um, then we had the Malt Miller putting up the, the top prize. We had Brew Keg Tap also putting up some awesome stuff. Um, Brew Day, who have actually managed to get prizes out to people already, which is incredible. So, yeah, if you want a quick turnaround on um, some orders for some really good uh, all-grain kits, go and check them out. Um, There's still links to all of the sponsors on the THA Comps website, by the way. Uh, Cross My Loof Brew, they did a big package of hops. Yakima Chief, um, and special mention for Robbie, who did turn up for the competition and helped out with the judging as well. Such, um, such a nice guy. Absolutely. What a, gen- what a gentleman. Geezer, yeah. The gentleman and the scholar. <laughs> Absolute legend. Can, I, can yeah. I just jump in right now and say, uh, for those of you who placed in the top 10, I'm sure we'll be going through the winners list because otherwise why would we be doing this podcast? Uh, for those of you in the top 10, each one of you has a couple of packs of Yakima Chief Hops in your boxes, okay? Some of you have got cryo. Some of you oh, wow. have got normal, okay? Those of you who've got cryo, I've put a freezer block in there because, obviously, I want to keep things chill, right? However, we didn't leave enough money in the budget to be able to pay for next-day shipping, so they're going to be cool when they get to you. But they're probably not going to be cold. Okay. <laughs> so these things, when they come, make sure you get those hops straight into the freezer. Very important. Okay. I mean, yeah, those hops, that's almost as good as the Dude's Brew sticker that they're going to have in there as well, isn't it? <laughs> there are a few people who've got a Dude's Brews beer mat. Beer mats. There's a few key rings in there as well. I mixed it up a little bit. So some top, yeah. top notch merch. Uh, and this doesn't get better than that. And the that's difference like between that's what everyone was after for the prize winners. And just to clarify, the difference between the podcast <laughs> and dudes brews is everybody's got beer, everybody's got key rings, everybody's got a pin, everybody's got stickers, everybody's got placemats, and everybody has bottle tops. Because unlike Tricky, I'm not tighter than the duck's ass. What the? <laughs> 
<laughs> I gave what I had available at the time. Anyway, I, um, I, look, you guys are shit. No, no, no let's, let's get back to ago. the sponsors. Let's get back to the sponsors. So uh, <laughs> next on the list, we had Brucon. I have to do a quick, um, yeah, a quick note on Brucon because Brucon kind of isn't the sponsor now. Um, it's changed to Lauter or Lauter, however you want to say it, Bottle Shop, because I spoke to um, uh, John, who won the prize that would have been the Brewcon tickets, and obviously being up in Scotland, he wasn't going to be able to yeah. get down for it. So I had a quick chat with Simon, uh, who obviously organises Brewcon, but he also owns uh, Lauter Bottle Shop, and or is joint owner of uh, the bottle shop and basically said is there any chance of an alternative prize and he said he's going to stick some cans in the post for john so um that's awesome thank you very much simon and yeah so brewcon will be awesome make sure you get yourselves along to that on the 8th of october if you can um but also go and check out simon's uh, bottle shop and he does do online orders so it's um yeah a great little sort of independent bottle shop but they do also do you know sort of uk wide um online orders and stuff as well so and they've got a great selection on the website so go and check that out so it's uh i'll just check the email we'll put a link in the description of this when it goes up on the actual uh proper podcast site but it's louterbottleshop.co.uk um go and have a look at what they're doing um and then a couple more just to mention so we've got inkbirds who very kindly donated a couple of their brewing-related sort of bits of kit. I think a Wi-Fi 308 and one of the Thermapens and Muntons, who sent loads and loads of um, liquid malt oh, extracts in various flavours that Chris was really excited about having to repackage into the goodie bags. So can, thanks can again, Muntons, for that. I, I just want yeah. to say, Muntons, thank you very much for sending them. However, there were some very, very odd malt extracts in there to the point where, and I didn't want to do this, but I've had to kind of ship them out in pairs. Okay. So not everybody in the top 10 who got a goodie bag will get two tins of malt extract. All right. So what I've done is there were a load of extra goodies that came from like Yakima Chief and stuff like that. And I've kind of split everything down so that each goodie pack is kind of maybe not quite completely equal, but as equal as I could make it with what I had. So there's some beanies and there's some other bits and bobs that went in there. And I happened to have a bouncer filter floating around that had been in the box for about nine months I'd never used. So that went into one of the boxes as well. Um, and there's a few other bits and bobs. So We've got to add it, Chris Millington to the sponsor list now as well. He's uh, he's in there <laughs> donating prizes. Cheers, Chris. That's awesome. Well, I donated two prizes, but we won't go into that. It's kind of irrelevant. Um, it's probably it's like one of the most epic prize hauls I've ever heard from a homebrew competition period, it, isn't it? It kind of is, to be fair. We had, we had Shilly on our team, and he shilled like a good shill always should. And he, we managed to pull together some serious sponsorship for this. And, you know, it's it's been a brilliant competition because we've had people... I've had people message me and say, look, this is my first ever homebrew comp that I've sent a beer into. And we only did it because of you guys, because of the Hop Edition. And that's amazing because one of those people who's never entered a homebrew competition before actually really? placed fourth and is sitting on our chat at the moment. Gary. Gary. 
Did it? Is that Gary's first comp? Gary Hughes' you know, first comp. Right, Gary, here's the thing. Your beer was my favourite. The American Pale was my favourite beer. That was the old school, as... kind of classic styled APA, wasn't uh-huh. it? That everyone was like, yeah, it's just a clean, classic that APA. Was first, that was my first choice. So, yeah. <clears> I think his beer was called Old Faithful. Yeah. There you go. And, and, I, and I think it was, you know, it was yeah. an old faithful recipe, I reckon, and it was a classic APA. It was good. I think it was a, a Faith. Was it not based on a son? I think Brett was telling me he spoke to him and it was like the Faith. Best Northern Monk. And then he's tweaked it or whatever. So, yeah. It's a, it's a good beer. It's a damn good beer. I, I really liked it. The, yeah. the top four were very, very tight. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we landed some awesome sponsors and, you know... In, in complete antithesis to what certain people said on a certain thread that we made, uh, it's actually cost me about 375 quid this competition. So, you know, I've, we, 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 we have not made a penny. <laughs> More than you, in fact, got no. through the uh, entry fees there. Then. <laughs> well, there was flights, accommodation, yeah, beer, food. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, let's we don't let's, do let's not things. even mention Owen's bill from the butchers even, as well. That's, yeah. uh, that's where the real oh, money no, went. Owen's, Owen's building <clears> bill <throat> where he, he basically <laughs> rebuilt his whole <laughs> yeah. back garden to host yeah, us. My, my, my garden landscaping, which I can't, yeah. really, I can't really claim to the competition, to be honest, but uh, it needed to Stick it on the expenses, Owen. Stick it on the expenses. We're uh, raking it in after all, so, you know. <laughs> it's VAT deductible and, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, feed, feeding and entertaining you lot was, uh, you know, it was somewhat of an expensive uh, adventure, but them burgers were everyone, worth it, especially. Man. Everyone yeah. enjoyed it. Everyone enjoyed themselves. Yeah. that's the main thing. The brisket. Oh. Oh. But I'd, I'd just like to say, I'd like to say thank you for you guys coming down, um, and everyone that came down to judge the competition. I think it went really, really smoothly. It went really well. I think it was well organised. Especially our get- very first comp. I think so. I think yeah. so. I think there was a lot of work that went into it, you know, and I know yeah. we're just sort of patting ourselves on the back, literally on our own podcast here, but um, Legends. equally, you know, sorting all the beers out through the week ahead of that was a bit hectic, but, um, you know, I, I, I hope I did people justice by keeping the beers as cold as possible and, uh, or at least avoiding them getting too warm for too long. Um, which isn't an easy task when you've got about 180 bottles arriving at your house through the period of a week. So um, those all were tucked away safely at Unity's cold store. And um, yeah, it was a great, it was a great day, wasn't it? Oh, and question: How many bottles have turned up since Friday? No, the only I think we had one entry turn up. Saturday. Over the weekend, yeah, I arrived on Saturday. I was surprised, actually. I was expecting quite a few on Friday, and yeah. I was expecting a few to come in on Saturday. But sadly, and I'm not too sure whose beer it was, um, they yeah. posted it on Monday. Yeah, uh-huh. through no and fault of their own. It. That was just uh, the post No office. fault of their own, just the Royal we- Mail effed up, and it turned up on Saturday. We did, we did drink it, though, on the Saturday, and uh, enjoyed it then, so... We, we still did. got to still got to drink it. It wasn't wasted. Can, can I just say, Owen, if you've still got the bottles and you've still got the number, we can work out who it is. Send me the name over, and I'll chuck him a hop edition little goodie bag over to him. Yeah, okay, mate. I'll um, 
I'll, I'll find that. I'm pretty sure I know what the bottle looked like. It's got a red cap. If that helps anyone. No. doesn't help me, to be fair, <laughs> but there we go. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, the person that posted it on the Monday, basically. Yeah. Yeah, just let me know. I'll send him a goodie bag. Which really sucks, right? If you sent yeah. it Monday, well in advance, right? A lot of people didn't post it Monday. A lot, I, I got a lot I of think beers it on sent the Thursday. Sent, the only thing was it was sent second class. Yeah, so, fair enough. I, I reckon most of the beers got sent second class, to be fair. Uh, I mean, some people, yeah, had all manner of, like, a Passer Force, a DPD, uh, everyone turning up. It was great fun. <laughs> anyway... What else should we talk about then? I think we need to go through the results, really, don't we? And I just happen to have them right here in front of me. So, let's do this. First place was Mr. Martin Hodinot with his beer, a an American pale ale. Strong words said softly. Now, that was actually my second-ranked beer. However, it was literally nip and tuck between that and the beer that finished third for me. Um, great, great beer. Really, really nice. Thoroughly deserved to win. Um, but yeah, great beer. Second place, Brett Harmon with his beer for Uncle Owen. Not at all like he was trying to, you know, charm the judges there. But uh, that was a hazy IPA, and again, that was a superb. To be fair, the top four, you it, you literally could have put those numbers in a in a in a hat, pulled them out at random, yeah. and it would have been exactly you know. Well, I think first place. No, there was a big. There was a. There was a. There was a difference. But first place was definitely a difference. I think as far as second, the scores go, there fourth. was quite a big gap, wasn't there, for first to yeah. second. But... but second, third, and fourth were like point or two in it sort of thing between them but it was definitely at that point it became very much like subjective which one is your personal preference out of the beers because we weren't judging two styles so we weren't sort of going is this the best example of a hazy pale we were just saying which one do you think is the best beer um best of show it was effectively a best of show best in show wasn't it so we so so we got down to was it 12 beers yeah we got Mm -hmm. to 12 we eliminated two round. from those 12, and then we selected out of the 10, you know, how they ranked. Yeah. As Strictly said, not by style, but purely by the best of the beers. And you're quite right. I think first was, was standout. I think second was very, very good. I actually thought, for me, the second place beer was the best. Um, but there was a lot of us judging and there's a process yeah. and just because I thought it was the best beer, a lot of other people didn't say, so, yeah, that was like that's, that's yeah, kind of the way it goes. Right. And that's, that's the fairest possible way of determining the places and who comes first down to 10th. So just, yep. just to back up what I've been saying for the last two and a half years, it's basically a ballet contest. So, um, <laughs> a very hard ballet contest. That, that, I think, Chris, you've got more appreciation that, of it now, would can, you not say? Can, can that come a bit later? Uh, I like to leave the audience wanting. Let, let that come uh, later, okay? He's, he's going to try and avoid it now. I'm not going to avoid it at all. I'm going to address it head on <laughs> because I'm a man of my word and I am willing to learn. So, uh, third place was Aaron Rennie with his entry, Mutual Support, an American Pale, another great beer. Sorry, did you do second place? I did, Brett Harmon. Yeah, Brett. Oh, you did? All right. I did. I, sent, Brett, I, was, I, was, 
I'll just shut up. <laughs> Have a beer, Owen. Do continue. Do continue. Fourth place was Gary Hughes with his Old Faithful American Pale Ale, which was a stunner. That was a great beer. And then uh, fifth place was Sam Thacker Jones with Kicking Rocks uh, from the Bristol Homebrew Collab uh, with his Hazy IPA, which was another good beer. And then Richie Brooks with Brooksley Pig, a Hazy IPA. Johnny Pollock with Gold Digger, a British Golden Ale, which I thought was very good. Um, then Raphael Clegg Vinyl, because he's already sent me an email to correct the pronunciation of his name. Uh, with Golden Blue, an American wheat beer from the London Amateur Brewers, which I have to say, I really like the fact that we had some people sending in American wheat beers. I yeah. thought that was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. That The fact that we got such a cross-section of beers, including one sent in in Tropicana bottles. And uh, <laughs> Mark Zealander came ninth with 46 and 2, which was an American pale ale. Now... Here's where we come to a slight bug with the software that we use. As Tricky found out yesterday, and as I have wrestled with for an hour and a half today. Much to our amusement, right? And I'm ready to stab you. You still didn't is. get a fix for that then, Chris, I'm guessing? No chance. No, no chance. Uh, Mark Zealander, and then 10th place was Duncan Power. I couldn't actually tell you the name of his beer or the style of it because we don't have it on our software because every time we try and put you in 10th, Duncan, it goes, nah, he was fifth. Oh, no, hang on. You, you can see him on table three. So if you scroll down on the results list. Oh, is he down there? So oh, it, yeah. was, it was a hazy IPA called Free at Last. But yeah, basically due to some random gremlin in the competition software, if you put a 10th place in on best of show, it just randomly plonks it into the middle of the list rather than in the order that it's supposed to be in. So we thought it best to take it off rather than confuse everyone with why that list was different to yeah the others but don't worry when Te- we do the actual roads when we do the write-up it will be on it will be in the right place on uh, the hopedition.uk website and yeah. on facebook and well, i think it already is in the right place on facebook it is yeah yeah and obviously you will it be getting your correct. goodie bag duncan so do not do not worry um yeah duncan don't worry but I've, I've i've hooked you up <laughs> so yeah um other than that i thought the competition went really well um, and to go to the point that Andy was just trying to make, I will give BJCP judges a little tiny bit more credit yeah. than the, I was giving them before. It is still a ballet yeah. contest. It is still interpretation. It is still personal opinion. I get that. However, but, yeah. oh, I've got my phone's going mental for some reason. Um, but having Pop-pop. done it now, I can see the complexities involved in doing it. And I can also appreciate that there is a lot of things that are outside the control of the brewer when it comes to the actual beer being judged. And I say that with the utmost respect for the people who've actually put beers in, because I'll be honest with you, bigger balls than I've got right now. Um, But... I, I've got to give those BJCP judges just a teeny weeny little bit more credit than I have before. Oh, it wasn't it wasn't easy. No, it was, uh, and it was quite. I think it was quite a session of the palate fatigue was a probably a big problem where 
you know, you're 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 trying so many different beers, and it was good to get the break in and stuff like that think, as well think, to try yeah, and reset. I agree. Like the palate fatigue was probably even worse because there was so many different types of beers. Like you know, although we were initially judging them in in sort of category groupings, it was still. Um, I mean, I guess that was probably even worse for the guys on the like gold nails and stuff because that was a real mixture of different things, but. I mean, even with, even on like the APA table, because obviously there was such a wide interpretation of that because we were saying to people it doesn't have to stick to the um, style guidelines as such. So there was a lot of stuff that was very much the hazy end of the scale. There's a lot of stuff that was more more classic. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Would it have been easier if we were sort of judging to the guidelines more closely? I don't know, but it was. My palate was fucked by the end. <laughs> that's that's yeah. all I know. At one point, I was like, "This beer suddenly started to taste of garlic for me." What the fuck is going on? Because I know <laughs> it didn't taste like that on the first go. Um, so yeah, it's it was definitely for all of us who haven't done any kind of organised judging like that in a in a you know fairly big kind of session uh, with lots of different beers going on. I think it was a bit of an eye opener to see what the reality of how that will impact on your ability to kind of actually interpret what's going on in a beer and be able to judge it in any kind of, you know, objective way. It's really difficult. So, yeah. you do. I, I felt that you did learn a lot, you know, quite quickly, and it was good to try so many beers, you know, similar. Well, for me and Owen, it was the Hazies. Yeah. Um, all together and to see you know what this is because we had um, Jimmy with us and Robbie on our table so it was the four of us and their experience was you know it's unreal so when you're sitting to, there next to them and then afterwards you so you've tried it all you've made up your mind and then discussing afterwards sort yeah. of thing what you know what they were coming away with and stuff yeah it sounded like really you guys were getting a little bit of a bit of an off flavors kind of master class over there in terms yeah. of like <laughs> them being able to pick stuff <laughs> out really quickly um yeah whereas maybe on on our side because we were like literally next to you um it was a bit more of a i think it might have this and it was kind of you know around the table um yeah whereas i could i could i could hear they were kind of like if something wasn't right they were straight on it yeah you know uh, so i now know how to identify dms uh oxidization but that's probably one oxidization is probably one that that's been pretty straightforward and then uh, diacetyl so they were mm-hmm. the kind of three main off flavors that and hazies we we came across uh i know that in chris's he was shouting about you know the, the green apple sort of thing um acetal yeah. Uh, yeah which wasn't an issue with the hazies i don't think there wasn't <clears throat> i don't think we came across too much acetaldehyde in the hazy mm-hmm. beers um predominantly was it was diacetyl and dms dms i'm getting flashbacks from the judging and also i guess an awful quite a lot of the beers just didn't carry enough hop aroma and flavor mm-hmm there was just yeah, it just didn't. Some of them just came out quite quite, quite malty. Uh, some of them had just weird fermentation flaws mm-hmm. in them, just sort of really odd, like strange flavours. Yeah, uh, which then combined with the hop f- hop aroma and flavour to create something quite strange. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but but actually a lot of them were a lot of them did carry good hop aroma and good hop flavor and um but they may have been quite quite thin or you know there was a few real standouts that had very good body to mm. the beer generally carbonation was really good generally oxidation wasn't terrible we i don't think we actually had any purple yeah. beers which no. was really good out of the hazies i think actually almost all of them were like on point in terms of color yeah uh almost all of them were on point in terms of abv and the ibu so everyone kind of struck the parameters of what was what was asked well mm-hmm. um i think there was maybe one or two that looked a little bit a little bit on the gray. turn in terms yeah. of gray, gray, slightly brown. Um, but awful lot of them were, you know, were, were good beers. Yeah, definitely. So, what well else? I think, I think we were talking, like, yay. I think we were talking that in a future podcast, we were going to do, we we're going to talk about these kind of off flavors and how to possibly avoid it. Mm. Uh, it'd be a good, good conversation because it was, it was, it was a shame you, you go to all that kind of effort and then there's maybe just li- one little thing that's maybe just tripped, tripped you up at the end. And yeah. You could tell there was a lot of get... beers that had come in that were probably, you know, at one point were great and it's clearly, you know, deteriorated rapidly while it's been in transit yeah, or, or whatever. I've and... spoken, uh, I've spoken to uh, one or two and you know they've tried it at they tried it at home at home it's fine yeah but you know as it's traveled it's yeah whatever's happened if it's started re-fermenting in the yeah. bottle or something because sometimes what you do is you you tend to cut your maybe you're in a rush and you're cutting your fermentation you know tight and you're dry hopping it uh, maybe at a lower temperature and then you're getting uh would you call it hop creep or something in the mm. bottle as it travels mm. and then that's where all these crazy all flavors are coming from so. i think there's a few takeaways for us as far as the competition and how we sort of set up and organized it as well as obviously takeaways for people who entered beers in there i mean obviously it's completely out of our control but having it with a extreme heat wave like a week or two before the competition probably didn't that probably didn't, didn't help. help um with some of the no. beers that were maybe sent out earlier so in, in some ways it might you know it might have been um, a bit of a disadvantage some of the beers that went out you know more promptly than others uh, because of the weather that was going on um i think we had we did have a, a relatively quick kind of turnaround in terms of time that people had to get the beers together there may have been a yep. few beers that came in that were perhaps not quite ready to be packaged and sent out um yep. particularly where we ended up with potential kind of refermentation issues again a combination there of maybe the bottles being a bit warm while they were on their way to us or I'll, um, I'll, I'll just jump in here tricky and I'll say people had two and a half months people well, had two and a, well, they had two and a half months from the, from the moment we announced competition and we announced all the dates and everything right at the very beginning we wouldn't but then you have to buy them all you have to buy the hops you have to plan yeah, pe- it people don't just go then, I'm going to brew today I know what I'm going to make I've got all no, the ingredients no absolutely yeah. but if people so, have to if, if they have to wait two weeks to buy it they've still got two months I mean to be fair we still had all we still had all the entries that came in I mean people still 
managed to put beer yeah, yeah. On, on the table. But, you know, uh, so. on, on that same note, though, there was quite a few entries that never never arrived. I think there was quite a, a large number of beers that didn't turn up. And again, yeah, perhaps think- if you've not got time to you know, have a plan B sort of thing. Maybe that impacted on the number that we actually had turned yeah, up in the end. Yeah. I don't know. But that's all the sort of things that, you know, it was our first comp. So it's all, yeah. there's, there's learning, you know, things to learn from for us, as well as some stuff that we can talk about in future pods for yeah, ideas yeah. that we have well, for how you can try and make sure the beer does get there in, in its, you know, best condition or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the kid, you know, they're really key takeaways for us there. At, uh, you know, we got 70 paid entries for our first competition, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. We had some incredible support from our sponsors. Yeah. And we, and we had some brilliant prizes. Um, <clears throat> and we actually had, you know, a good, what do we have, nearly 60 entries to turn up. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very, very positive. Yeah. But, but I would agree with Tricky that, you know, I think homebrew competitions – and I've now got a better perspective on it, which I'm sure you guys do as well. Yeah. One of one thing is, is it's a re- it's a lesson in packaging. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. and beer, as we all know, doesn't travel well, mm-hmm. uh, particularly homebrewed beer. And I think you know you may the beer may taste great at the tap, but you know if it's travelled as you say in the summer, it's not exactly being cool. Um, if it's travelled for kind of two, two or three days in warm weather, you know it's it's probably not going to arrive in perfect condition uh, as it would do straight out the tap. Um, well, to put that bit into perspective, so Owen, you know, challenge. Am I correct in saying that Martin Martin Hodinot he mm. hand delivered his beer to you? He did indeed. Yeah. So you see. Beer never has travelled well, as anybody who's drunk Nuki Brown in America will tell you, <laughs> which I have. It is shite. And we've just had a comment on YouTube from Richie Brooks who said he scrapped his original. The one he entered was three weeks old and it was kegged the night before and it still had flaws in it by the time it got there. Beer don't travel well. So no. you have to take steps to account for things like refermentation. You have to take steps to account for things like, you know, DMS and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, sorry, it's bottled the night before, not kegged the night before. He's just corrected me on that. So there are a lot of these things which we're going to go into in future pods because as much as this has been a learning experience for the people who entered – it's probably been a steeper learning curve for us guys who are organising it. You know, we, we've had some people who've entered their very first competition and ended up in fourth place. And for us, this is our first competition, first one we've ever done. It's turned out really well. We've had great, great, great support from pretty much everybody, with the exception of two people in Scotland. And uh, aside from that, we've we've just... We've learnt as we've gone along. There are changes which we will make when we do another one because this ain't going to be the last time there's going to be a homebrew competition run by the Hop Edition. And it's all kind of one of those, yeah, fair enough. Nobody ever has sex perfect the first time. It always takes a bit of work. Uh, Speak for yourself, mate. (laughs) (laughs) 
That took a strange turn, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I might yeah, agree. It was back at, back at the game. I agree with no, the analogy, perhaps. It's a great analogy, thank there, you. There's always got to be a slightly awkward analogy from Chris on every it's podcast. Does, just, yeah. That's just how I roll. <laughs> Standards. <laughs> At least I haven't talked talked about foreskin yet. Um, Oh, it's coming. It's always coming. Always coming. (laughs) It's 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 been a great, great, great process for me going through this, and it has been a brilliant sort of ending to a competition for us to be able to say definitively, based on the judging based on seven, eight, nine people's opinion, this beer is the winner. This beer is Mm -hmm. second. This beer is third. There were no fights, right? There was nobody chucking the handbag. There was nothing like that. It was definitive. These are the scores. These are the winners. This is where it goes. And to be honest, I'm really happy with, as a general generality, the way in which everything has gone. I thought it turned out brilliant. I concur. It was great. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome, and I think we're very much going to think about doing it again. Yep. Oh, well, what about uh, I mentioned for the conflux um, clone recipe? Can oh, I good get point. What? Yeah, <coughs> I believe that, that should now be available on the Malt Miller. Um, if it's not been released already, there there should be also be a brew along uh, yeah, some video, video social media they? content. No, 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 no. Yeah. Did, have you guys Coming not up. read the press release? This, uh, Jimmy went one better. He's given them two recipes. Two. He yeah, has, indeed. Yeah, West, West Coast, Coast well. recipe as well. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy's an absolute legend. Okay, if you... As, as much as I don't like gushing, right, I have, uh. I have never met a man as helpful uh. in the homebrew world as far as, like, a professional brewer helping out homebrewers as what Jimmy was through pretty much this whole process. The man is a superstar. And as such, I would like as many people as possible to go online to unitybrewingco.co.uk.com, whichever one it is, and just show them some love, all right? Buy some conflux. Just show the man that you love him. The other thing you could do... Chris, the other thing they could do, they could order the recipe kits off the malt miller. Do that as well. And then and then you can, but see, whilst you're there, malt miller actually have a whole load of Jimmy's cans as well. So if it's post PMP, yeah, what you can do is get all the cans off the malt miller uh, and get your recipe kit for the conflux as yeah, well. I've actually, right. that's, that's what's in my uh, fermenter right now is the conflux clone. So I'm very much looking forward to it. It was a smashing beer. Uh, at the weekend as well, when we were drinking, we, it. Also, uh, we well. also kicked Owen's keg of it pretty fast at his place. Didn't yeah, we? So, yeah, yeah, that disappeared very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I don't think there was an enormous amount of it left after yeah, I'd more or less smashed. battered it. Like, <laughs> but um, so, what was the know, one must the lager test, as well? Was really good. Things. Sorry, but Owen, this, we're, we're completely crashing your vocal. Carry on, Owen. No, you're right. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I mean, uh, one must, you know, test these recipes beforehand. It would be it would be wrong to put a recipe out, you know, into the into the wild without yeah. having tested it first, yeah, and then obviously taste tested a lot of it, you know. So yeah, just just be careful uh, with the aromazine. Yeah, my recommendation, and here's a little tip: if anyone's interested in using aromazine, is do 
you have to use it during active fermentation. Do not use it post-fermentation like I did because you will get sulfur sulfur problems. Does Jimmy actually use that for the original in the brewery or is that just I something that you... I actually I thought don't that was in the West does. Coast. Yeah. I, I thought it was the West Coast one. Yeah, see, think... see when you go to the Maltmiller website, the Conflux doesn't have the Aromazine. I think it might be in the that yeah, West Coast Because I didn't remember him talking and... about that when we did the original podcast with him, which... It's also something we should probably reference people back to if you want to hear some of the um, mm-hmm. tips from Jimmy himself. You can go back and listen to pod number, I have no idea what it is, but it's titled Unity. Jimmy from Unity 40? or something? 40? 40-ish? I think it's 40, Maybe, yeah. yeah. I think it was 40. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, great podcast, that as well. That was a really good one. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed that one. That, that was excellent. Just, and, he, and, and, he, and he gave so many good tips and stuff many, about many good tips. how to do yeah diff, different things. But I think you're right, Andy. I think the aromazine is with, with the West Coast recipe. I think that's probably where that conversation ended up going from Conflux to the West Coast recipe that also ended up on the Malt Miller. So. Yeah. yeah. Just to jump in here, uh, if you're ordering beers from Unity Brewing, they do one which has got Bramling Cross and what was the other one? It was the one that we were all drinking towards the end. Mosaic. No. Mosaic is it Bramling Cross, Cross and Mosaic? Yeah. yeah. My. Oh, not BRB. BRB. Oh, my. No, 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 no. No, BRB that was, was the, Target. That was the Fuggles. Pilsner, wasn't it? What was, was the yeah. Pilsner? Yeah. Pilsner. Called, I think it's called Dubby, isn't it? The beer was called Dubby. Dubby. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You need to buy some of that. that. I'm not sure they've got any left. That was the shit, that beer, man. They might have some left. Uh, Malt Miller's got the BRB. So Jimmy got the Bramling Cross from Brookhouse Hops, and apparently they were saying that they can't can't get any more or can't produce any more of the Bramling Cross. Because it requires a good Um, frost. Yeah. Chris bought it all. (laughs) Sorry, I've only got two kilos in the freezer. (laughs) (laughs) No, but this Bramling Cross from Brookhouse is like, it just gives you tons of amazing fruit flavours. None of that, like, shitty, sticky, sticky, leafy (laughs) English hop. Not not just the dirty shed floor hedgerow thing. Yeah. It's all good. I don't know. It's amazing. Well worth a a try. Andy likes a bit of shed floor. Yeah, well, fuck life, fuck life, mate. <laughs> He's all about the twigs. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the other thing uh, about the competition that I wanted to discuss personally was just we when we started this competition, we were very, very clear from the outset that there were not going to be any kind of feedback. However, we had a little change of heart when it came to the top ten. Was it top 10 or top 7? No, 6. Top 6, was it? So, for the top 6, we have a feedback sheet, which, at some point over the next few days, will be uploaded. I've attempted already and failed. That software is amazing. Well, why don't you just take some pictures of it on your phone, and then I will stick those feedback sheets up on a post on the hopedition.uk. And I grab that. I'm just. I've got everyone's email address. You're just going to email it to them. I will just email it to you. All right. That sounds like an easy solution. 
Okay, that saves yeah. me a shitload of work. I'll take that one. Um, so, yeah, just there will be feedback sheets for the top six, tasting notes, what we noticed, how the beer came across to us, and all of that sort of stuff. The other thing that I wanted to say is there was so much diacetyl, uh, sorry, acetaldehyde in some of the beers that I tasted. Now, bear in mind, I'm a chemist. I literally have bottles of this stuff. I don't understand how, and I'm going to try and understand this. This is a scientific question for me. How it is that a beer traveling, let's say 150 miles, can produce so much acetaldehyde by the time it gets to us. I want to know what that damn process is. I want to know the chemical pathway. I want to know the reactions that occur. And I want to know how the hell I got from one beer, I got buttered toast with slices of green apple on it. And I... I I think that oxidation can also, like, interact with acetaldehyde or emphasise. I'm pretty sure I've read that somewhere that it can be... um, They can kind of work in tandem sort of thing so like a bit of oxidation if there is acetaldehyde there already it will make it much more prominent or something like that i'm I'm pretty certain that i've read that somewhere um that was in it was just insane i it was insane how much i was getting and obviously i'm susceptible to it i pick up acetaldehyde quite easily but jesus christ some of them i was popping the lid and it was like whoa green apples well, if it's not fully fermented and it ferments, if you're getting 25, 28, 30 degrees in the bottle while it's travelling, yeah, that's totally. taking a high... They're the high temperatures that you're going to get that flavour producing when the yeast is that crazy. Right? those temperatures. Crazy, crazy. But yeah, we're going to do a series, probably two or three podcasts, talking about how to yeah. avoid these things and how to better prepare your beers yeah. to travel and to be judged. Because we've we've done general off flavors before in quite a lot of detail, I think, quite early on. But this is a bit more, needs to be a bit more specific to sort of sending beers and transporting beers and Mm -hmm. getting them to competitions, especially because there's definitely some stuff. I mean, I don't fully understand all of it. Um, And I've had a very recent experience of sending beers off using techniques that I think are almost bulletproof and they've not arrived in good condition apparently um but you know uh so yeah there's a lot of stuff to talk about on that front for sure exactly and i i take this as being part of our service with the hop edition which is we'll run a competition but then we'll tell you how to do better in your competitions because this is how we roll okay we're all about giving back to the people so that's what we're gonna do yeah, I've got um, Chris and I were talking about potentially a good experiment that I might be able to do at home just to kind of test some of these hypotheses that we've got about travelling, beer and temperature and this sort of thing. Kind of a Dr. Hans style? No, no, no. Way beyond what Dr. Hans would do. Well, he's pretty fun. Fully scientific. <laughs> fully scientific, triple blind, three different variables. <sighs> Dr. Hans, yeah, he's a good lad. I love him to yeah. bits. I love Johnny to bits, but yeah. I'm a scientist. We'll do this shit. Yeah. He'll be good. So watch out for that on a future podcast. Yeah. Nice. 
Right, guys, have we got anything else to talk about in terms of the comp, or are we going to wrap that up? I think we should knock that one on the head right there because yeah. it was it was a fantastic time had by all. The brisket burgers were amazing. The beers, <laughs> the beers were great, and I just have to say that I I absolutely love you guys. I had the best weekend. It was awesome. It was great, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, I imagine uh, Andy's going to be putting some footage together at some point for a little, yeah, little video. Yeah, so I, I recorded the whole keep, episode, keep an yeah. eye out on Andy's channel for some nice video footage. Um, um, yep. Hopefully, you missed the bit where Chris got his ass out, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think I missed that. <laughs> Someone else got it. No, you didn't. So there was definitely that. a picture. Um, did Brett get his tits out at some point? I don't think he did. Well, you know, Brett always gets his tits out. He might have done. Nobody could um, see it, though. Are we gonna <laughs> we we're gonna post that video to the Hop Edition podcast Facebook group YouTube channel as well? We'll post everything up. We'll yeah. sort it all out. There's photos, there'll be photos as well. Nice. Hopefully there's no uh there's no footage of the tennis ball incident. Leave that one there. Um other than that My my son did wonder why his tennis ball was rattling. rattling. So <laughs> <laughs> He was like, Daddy, what's that? I was like, I don't know, mate. I don't know. It must have been a wasp got in there. Um, Who knows? So, yeah, let's leave that one there. Guys, it's been awesome. And to be fair, I've had... It's been an eye-opening, amazing weekend for me. Even if... And this is... I've got to say this, right? The train back from Southampton, it is not fun to be stuck on a train with a lot of people on their way to a football match when football is your least favourite sport. <laughs> it just isn't. Oh, and oh, my good God. I bet they were saying the same thing about the guy <laughs> dropping all the rancid beer farts in their carriage on the way to the match, though. I did not fart <laughs> once on that train. You, apart from the time when you literally message us to say you've just dropped one to try and get that woman to move from your tape. Yeah, she moved. I, re- I remember that. She moved. <laughs> she definitely oh. moved. She coughed and then she he moved. He lies. He lies. Yeah. What was it? It was like a... What was that scene? It was like a scene out of the... What movie was it? The, with us all farting around the campfire. Well, the Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think yes, my neighbours oh, were Jesus. impressed. Yeah, Brett, Brett got a picture of your ass outside Unity. He's just posted it in the chat. Good lad. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Apologise to your neighbours for us, Owen. I will. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Just tell them that we won't be back for at least another year. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be counting down the days on the calendar. Okay, big shout out to everyone who's a patron of the Hop Edition podcast. Uh, you guys have kind of made this all possible. Um, and for those of you who've been a po- uh, Patreon now for three months, if you're in one of the two levels that gets you goodie bags and T-shirts and stuff, I will be sorting that out this coming week. Uh, there's a lot of people who've already had it because they were going to be there this weekend. Uh, also, massive shout out to Brewcake Tap, our sponsor for the podcast. Also, sponsor of the competition. Um, and Brett is going to be getting a wonderful uh, mini keg kit sent his way because he came second. And Brewcake Tap are the sponsors of second place. So, Johnny, you're a legend. He's also going to be on the podcast at some point pretty soon, is Johnny. 
Um, he wants to talk. Oh, sweet. He wants to talk about some of the new stuff that's coming in from Kegland and some of the new bits and bobs he's got, as well as he wants to oh, discuss yeah. surfing, and he also wants oh, to yeah. discuss beer in general. Nice. So I hope one Dude, of you knows something about surfing because I've got no fucking idea. I know a little bit. That's all right. I know. I know how to surf badly. And as long as somebody <laughs> knows something about surfing, we're golden. But yeah. Our, our uh, main podcast sponsor, Brew Kick Tap, is going to be coming on uh, probably sometime around about seven. It's about time. time. We look forward to it, Johnny. <laughs> well, to be fair, he yeah. was going to be at the comp on the weekend, but he actually ended up having to go to Germany. Oh. Such a tragedy. Um, but I think I think the cup being with us would have been better. I think it would. You don't get brisket burgers like them in Germany, do you? Nah. Or brisket like that in Germany, to be fair. Nah. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for joining us. It's been an absolute experience, guys, and I think now is the right time for us to wrap this one up. So, thank you very much for listening. Does anybody want to say anything before we go? We've been the Hop Edition, and we will be the Hop Edition for quite a while to come. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Right, until next time, guys. Yeah, cheers, Make sure you enter. <laughs> Bye. Pseudo pit. Adios. Bye. See ya.